Hello, San Diego First Church. It's Pastor Matt Wilson, and we are here on our Connecting Points podcast in which we are talking about one of the four lectionary passages for this week, connecting it to the sermon that Pastor D gave on Sunday. And as always, we've got Pastor D with us. Pastor, good to be with you. Thanks, Matt. Love being here. Today, the passage that we're connecting from the Sunday passage, which was out of 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, we are connecting to uh, the book of Acts. Acts, uh, and this is kind of an odd uh, connection, and it's, what's really interesting for the next few weeks going forward is that in the book of Acts, the lectionary passage includes, uh, it, it's Acts 2, includes verse 14, and then we'll include the different portions of uh, Peter's speech in Acts 2. Mm-hmm. And so we'll always have Acts 2.14 and then fill in the blank rest mm-hmm. of the uh, the sermon he gives. So for today, we're looking at Acts 2, verse 14, verses 22 and through 32. So it's verse 14 and 22 through 32. And I'll read it for us. Uh, I'll be reading in the NRSV. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him and among you. As you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pastor D, you preached from First uh, Peter chapter one, starting verse three through nine. So for you, given the sermon, studying that text, what do you see in connection to this passage here in Acts? Uh, there are certainly a couple of things that come to mind immediately. One is that it provides nice context for the audience that's addressed in First Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned on Sunday that. Uh, There are five provinces or areas that are mentioned at the outset of the letter. And my understanding is that they correspond to certain portions of what is modern-day Turkey. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so given that this is a long way away from Jerusalem, Galilee, um, the Promised Land, um, how did this come about that a letter is going up to that area? Mm. And it seems that one of the possible explanations is that here in Acts, we have um, the um, gathering of people from all over for Pentecost. Mm -hmm. The festival that takes place drew Jews from all over. And it was there that the Holy Spirit filled those who were waiting um, that formed the early church. But then Peter gives this uh, powerful message that many came to believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And after the festival is over, they go back to their homeland. And so there is at least some um, suggestion that many of these people would either be individuals who were there at the time of Pentecost and heard this message, or those who were influenced by those who had been there. Mm -hmm. That somehow that uh, powerful message began to spread as people left the festival and went back to their um, homeland or through other merchants who through economy and marketplace yeah. um, shared what they had heard about and where they were at and this spread up into that part of the known world. So that's a possible connecting point between this Acts passage and the Peter passage. Um, on Sunday, even though it wasn't the Peter passage, we did talk about the other one of the other four readings, which is um, the Psalm passage that is quoted here, Psalm yeah. 16, mm -hmm, yeah. uh, where I I find um, you've taught to me the pathway of life, where I find joy in your presence, eternal pleasures in your right hand, and that's been a passage that we've used in our local congregation for years now yeah. to talk about the posture we take in our faith journey. And uh, so here we find that Peter is quoting Psalm 16 and again, a connecting point to the lectionary readings yeah. that this Old Testament, pa New Testament passage connects us to this Psalm and the two of them connect to what Peter then writes about later mm -hmm. on when he sends off the letter to those people who are yeah. um, in those five provinces. Yeah. Those are some of the first things. Anything that jumps off the page to you, Matt? Yeah, I I, I felt like this is a great um, encapsulation of what Peter would be saying is the living hope. Mm -hmm. um, specifically in the last line, we yeah. he, he goes through the litany of what Jesus does, his crucifixion, and the connection to the Old Testament, to the Psalms passage. But then he says that uh, the very last line, that, that this Jesus God raised up, and that all of us are witnesses, and it reminds me of the two two passages in, or two lines in um, in that First Peter passage. One speaking of the living hope that this is what they're this is what they witness to, this is what they've uh, they experienced specifically. Peter, who is the author of both, like the author of this in Acts, this speech, um, although Luke is kind of the one who's recording it. Um, and he's the one that's the, the namesake of this letter, right? So there's like an authorial kind of connection here. Yeah. But I think the more so is the connection to this idea of, um, and I pulled up the, the Peter passage just to, because it's kind of a like a, a mind bender a little bit to say in verse 8, this is First Peter 
uh, chapter 1, verse 8, when it says, Although you have not seen him and you love him, even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. I think of that line of like, you love him and have never seen him. And we stand on the shoulders of people like Peter who witnessed the actual life, death, and resurrection. And although we aren't with Peter, right, having seen the historical actions take place, nonetheless, we love Jesus and uh, have experienced that tradition that's been passed on uh, and how important that tradition is uh, of telling and retelling the story and that we have experienced that love while not having seen the physical bodied Jesus. We know the comfort and the love and the, the experience of joy and, and peace of through Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I think there's something to that connection of then what does it mean to be a witness? Mm. Um, if, if Peter is saying we are witnesses, could not we also say that we are witnesses of the ministry of Christ through the Spirit? And so what does what does then it look like us for be to be witnesses in not just um like a trial kind of idea of witnesses that um uh we can attest to the actions that have taken place um but also the Greek word for witness in here in Acts is the word martyr um and so often we connect that suffering and even you kind of did that in your sermon of the of um you know setting boundaries and uh going through the hard stuff and, and boundary setting can be difficult and that takes a sense of suffering a, a cost and yet kind of walking backwards in our faith we can see how those um those moments of toughness of trial of suffering um are our witness mm. to how God works in our life and the lives of others. Yeah. I think that's beautiful, Matt. I have often wrestled with that uh, statement of witness. What does it mean to be a witness? Mm. Um, and I, I sometimes feel like it is an invitation to open up our eyes and ears and see what God is already doing and acknowledge it. Mm. Um, I, I feel like in my growing up years, witnessing always felt like I was trying to conjure up something within myself mm. to tell a friend and invite a friend to church yeah, yeah. and somehow tell this storyline that um, felt familiar to me, but like a foreign letter to somebody else if I was going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I've wrestled with uh, the notion of Jesus inviting us to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, and to just call out what God is already at work doing. Yeah. And and in doing so, acknowledge that all around us are, are things that give evidence to God's grace and goodness. Mm -hmm. There certainly is evidence of suffering and pain. Yeah. But in the midst of those, so many amazing stories of where God grace, God's grace moves in, God's peace gives somebody the strength to go through those things. Um, 
powerful moments that lead me back to that psalm passage where if we're walking the pathway backwards and looking at all the things that God has done for us in the past, it gives us a posture of trust to move backwards into our future, knowing that God knows um, the steps that are ahead for us. Mm. I do really like, though, even more than you bringing up that, which I makes me um, chew on a little bit more that area of what it means to give witness to God's work, is that the core of this is Peter's making a proclamation. Mm-hmm. Jesus came, was raised to life. Yeah. It is the core of the storyline. Um, I had somebody after service on Sunday come up to me and talk about Thomas mm. and acknowledge that Thomas wasn't at the crucifixion and that maybe rumors had already started circulating um, that were alternative views of um, Jesus's resurrection. Yeah. And wondered, the question was posed to me on Sunday, is it not possible that Thomas wanted to see the wounds to know for sure that Jesus had actually died? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the resurrected Christ, I would recognize him by his wounds. But what I really want to know, I wasn't there to see him die. Mm. You're making a claim yeah. that this is the resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. I also want to see that he passed away. Sure, yeah. I thought that was a fascinating notion. Yeah. But it, both of those things are reminders to me that this is the core of our faith that yeah. calls us not only to love God and know, as is said in this coming week's passage, which we'll get to, um, on the next podcast, but that God had in place a plan from the creation, the beginning mm. of creation, of redemption and reconciliation, a yeah. God of love who has forever been pursuing reconciliation. Mm. This is the piece that says, and this is God's plan that's been there all along. I invite you into a life of love that is centered around this preeminent act of love Mm. that defines creation for us yeah so that's what i hope it draws me into in the future i love that well i look forward to the next podcast thanks matt (laughs) me too